Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, um, we're having uh, guests here that have been longtime members and also have since been so successful they decided to come and uh, share their experiences here at Lifestyles and give back to other members. So uh, let's go ahead and welcome them. Greg and Nicole Scott, welcome to the show. Morning, Dell. Morning, Dell. Thanks for having us on. Well, do you guys feel like old pros now that you've been around a while? Uh, I don't know about pros. I don't think you ever know everything there is to know because everything changes on you, right? Uh, but we we certainly have grown in our learning and uh with the team that Lifestyles Unlimited has uh, made available to us, uh, we certainly feel like we're in a pretty good position to uh, help others along the way, just as we've received help uh, along our path. Well, you guys have continued to grow your real estate investments and at the same time give back and help other people. Let's start for the people here on the show today uh, that have not met you yet. A lot of people know who you are. They've been through some of your classes uh, and also... um, heard you on the radio before, but let's start with those that had. Uh, you guys both worked for Ford in Detroit and had a, you know, family life set up. And then at some point you started feeling uncomfortable with the, the future of the auto industry and uh, your personal financial future being impacted by that. Why don't you pick that up from there and tell us what went through your mind and how you'd seen other people go through it and what you decided to do to change that. Yeah. Thank you. I'll I'll handle this section. Um, I think you set it up really well. We both worked for Ford. Uh, The great recession was particularly hard on Detroit. As you know, uh, many of the automakers and and supplier companies went out of business. Uh, One day we woke up and, uh, and then about a week's time, we saw 25% of our friends get laid off from Ford motor company. Uh, we looked at our house, and at the moment, our house was underwater. We had bought it like two or three years before, and it was we would have had to pay to move out of it. And, and we looked at our 401Ks, and they had turned into 201Ks. And we, and we looked at a projection of where we were going to be by the time we hit retirement age, and we said, this is not working. We need to do something different. Um, so, yeah, it was that was a wake-up moment for us. So how did you find us in and obviously, we weren't. In fact, I know we weren't the first thing you did. You, you've got this idea that karate real estate was the way to go, that owning real estate was a bad thing to do. So what you wanted to do was put it on your hip and flip it. And you tried some flips. Why don't you talk about that and share it with all the people out there that, you know, oh, my God, this taxes, tens, and toilets is terrible. What I need to do is go out there and flip something. Yeah, well, I must admit, I used to watch too much HDTV, uh, and they lie to you, <laughs> but but it makes for good television, apparently. Uh, but just before all the layoffs happened in Detroit, we had decided that uh, maybe trying flipping would be a good thing to do. And there were some foreclosures in the area, 
we picked up a property that on paper looked like it might make us $100,000 in a flip, but uh, we bought it the week that all those layoffs happened. And we got the place fixed up and turned around, but there was nothing selling. Um, and we had a mortgage on it that was costing us $3,000 a month. And we were really worried that we were going to run out of cash before we could sell that property. And it was on the market for 10 months. We kept lowering the, lowering the price, lowering the price, lowering the price, eventually to the point where we were just kind of break even on it. And one day, some guy walked in and he said, I would really love to buy this property, but I can't. And my builder was smart enough to ask him why. And he had this tiny little uh, condo over in the other part of town. And we knew that part of town. It was a nice part of town. And we did the math, and it made a heck of a lot of sense for us. But a realtor said, you know what, I'll bet you the owners of this property would love to buy your condo. <laughs> so that person bought a very expensive house from us, and we stepped down into a very cheap condo uh, that actually rented out very well. I know lifestyles, uh, for many reasons, uh, we recommend against owning condos, but that was an escape hatch for us in this particular deal. And after a year of renting out that condo, we realized that actually owning real estate was not as hard as everybody said it was. Yeah, that's a great story. And um, obviously, the condo situation is not perfect, but like you said, as an escape hatch, it worked out great for you. Let's talk about after you had the epiphany that's not that bad, what got you over here to us? How did you find us, and why did you come looking for us, by the way? Yeah, so uh, after we realized that owning rental real estate was not that difficult, we kept hearing on different forums and podcasts that uh, owning real estate was the key to wealth. Uh, we decided to dip our toe into that um, even more so than just the one condo we had. So we started buying turnkey rentals. Uh, turnkey rental is when you're basically paying full price, but somebody's already fixed it up. Sometimes they've even put a tenant in there for you. Uh, and one little caveat about that is because uh, real estate in Detroit tends to go up and down with the automotive market, we decided we wanted to invest out of state. So our very first uh, rent property purpose purposeful rent property we bought was in Indianapolis. And then over the next few years, we ended up buying uh, four more properties in different states uh, and running them. And how we found lifestyles is we were wondering why the returns on those uh, properties were not as good as we had heard people saying they should be. And finally ran across Lifestyles podcast. At first, I thought it was a complete scam. (laughs) The longer I listened to it, the more that it seemed like everything that was being said was just really good business sense. And so we felt we needed to check it out. So your personalities are both go-getters, get it done. We're smart people. And the challenge with smart people is that they believe they're smart enough to figure everything out as they go. Um, You took two major steps into the real estate investment business without having any mentoring or consulting in any way, shape, or form. So why don't you share with people since you found it out and paid the price of finding it out, not that you had, you know, anything really terrible happen to you, but just explain to people the differences of how and what you came out of learning in the two-day about all the stuff you'd done. We've already talked about the flipping as, you know, being problematic and the timing issue there. But let's talk about the turnkey world. That's another thing people fall into. In other words, it's so easy when you're a highly educated, intelligent group of people like you and your wife, um, Nicole, there to think that I don't need to get specific information. Now, remember, you go to college and you get all this generalized information about everything. You get a degree. They tell you you're now smart. You're now educated. 
but you don't have specific information. What is it specifically can you share with people right now to help them why the turnkey world is not as effective as what you're teaching people now in our classes? Yeah, and I got to say, Dell, the, the two-day absolutely unlocked that specific information that we were missing. Uh, so with the turnkey rentals, I mentioned before, we were paying full price for the property. So uh, if we had to sell it the day after we bought it, we'd lose money because of the transaction costs. But then when we rented it out, it was typically cash flowing about $200 a month. Uh, and, you know, $200 a month doesn't add up very quickly. And so that's why we were scratching our head wondering, well, why is everybody saying that real estate is such a good investment? And after taking the two-day, uh, we ended up following the lifestyles model and buying a, buying properties. Actually, we started buying them down in Dallas uh, and leveraging the lifestyles vendor team down there. Uh, but we... The first property we bought, we bought it at about a $20,000 discount. Uh, and it needed a lot of repair. By, by the time we got done, we had $20,000 in equity in it. So if we had to sell it, we would have had cash coming back to us at the time we sold it. Now, we didn't sell it right away. We instead rented it. And again, we're in Detroit. The property's in Dallas. So even with property management in place, we were cash flowing about $500 a month on that property. And then three years later, when we meant to sell it, we put about $75,000 in our pockets. We effectively... Uh, somewhere between tripled and quadrupled our initial investment, which was significantly better than what we were doing on the turnkey rentals. Now, I want to make one quick point on what you just said. You stated that you bought it for $20,000 under value. That's not what you actually bought it for, though. You actually bought it for forty, fifty thousand under value, put 10, 20, 30 into it, and then it, you had maintained a $20,000 equity capture. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, you can explain that to people so that they're not unclear. They're thinking they bought it 20 under and then made 75. You didn't buy it 20,000 under value. You bought it how much under value and did how much rehab, which left you 20,000 of equity. Can you give a quick answer to that? Yeah, absolutely, Dell. I think it would be a good example. So this was 2012. We bought a property in Garland, Texas. We paid $80,000. It was in pretty rough shape. Uh, but we had an appraiser tell us that if you fix it all up, it could be worth $120,000. And we had uh, a general contractor, a lifestyles vendor, come give us a quote, and it was $20,000 to fix it up. So we did some foundation work, paint and carpet, fixed light fixtures, looked beautiful by the time we were done. And when we were all done, that was a $20,000 rehab. So we have basically $100,000 into it when it's all fixed up, but it's worth one hundred and twenty. dollars uh, We put $25,000 down as a down payment, but by the time we were done, we had $45,000 of equity in the deal. Excellent. That's what I wanted. I didn't want people to think you just bought a twenty hundred, dollars then you go, well, where's the rehab money at? I mean, you didn't count that. You know, they always, if we mess up explaining it, they'll easily come up with a reason not to do this because they're going to rationalize themselves right out of anything. Uh, so you guys moved on from uh, single-family houses after doing, uh, looks like, nine of them. Uh, then something caught your attention and made you decide to go passive, it looks like, or maybe you did them both at the same time. Why don't you share that? Because you've got 34 different total properties in seven different states, and I know some of them have sold and whatever. But uh, you've got down here, that was an average of 40% return to these deals that you were getting into. Explain how you decided, why you decided to add that, or was that part of when you did the single family? Yeah, so when we first started, um, you know, coming to events, um, we would typically 
fly down to Dallas and do some networking um, because back at that time there wasn't um, the, the national movement for Lifestyles Unlimited was um, in its infancy. And so um, we got a lot of enjoyment um, out of going down to the Dallas office. And we picked Dallas only because it was the easiest and quickest flight from Detroit to, to one of the offices in Texas. And we started attending events. And when we would fly down, we would make sure there was a single-family road trip, a multi-family road trip. We would eat, sleep, breathe, uh, everything we could do to soak up as much information as we could and network with as many other members as we could. And so, of course, attending all of these um, events, we started to learn a lot more about multifamily, which was never really on our radar screen at all. Um, we were focused primarily on um, single family, um, but through the education and through meeting other members who were not only investing passively in multifamily, but um, were the people that were the leads, right? They were the syndicators on the offerings. Um, we started to feel uh, interested and um, excited about that investment opportunity and that business model. And me in particular, um, I my background is in finance and accounting, and I did a lot of banking with Ford Motor Company, and I really, really liked the the business model of multifamily. It interested me a lot more um, than the single family. So once we kind of started learning the concepts and the tax advantages um, a little bit better, it really kind of um, – it caught our interest and we decided to start investing passively. So we started doing that at the end of 2014 and we got into a few, a few deals um, at the end of 14, beginning of 2015. So you say a few deals, it looks like you did quite a few deals. How many deals did you do? Um, at that time, I don't, I can't remember, maybe five or six. Okay. In, in the, in the yeah. first two years. Yeah, in the first in the first couple of years, we, you know, we, we we tend to be pretty cautious, and so we, you know, wanted to dip our toe in, and um, we needed to make sure it was real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and those those deals were performing very very well, um, and you know, we kept expanding our our knowledge and um, learning more and more, and um, really were very interested in multifamily. And we had not only mentors out of the Dallas office that we would visit with when we were in town, but other members as well that we became very close friends with that were syndicators of some offerings that we were participating in. And we started, they started asking us, well, you're clearly interested in the business. You clearly have a very good understanding of how it works. How come you're not doing it where you are? And so that that really kind of started to open up our mind, and we started considering that. And um, we needed some time to think it through and figure out if we wanted to or could apply it up here in Michigan. And um, in 2016, we did just that. We did the um, first syndication with Lifestyles members outside of Texas in Romulus, Michigan, right um, where the airport is. Wow, you say the first. Was that before the ones uh, out in California and Phoenix and the ones, yeah. uh, those are for all those, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow, yep. you started a trend then, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure how many people would want to send money up to Detroit. Um, you know, Detroit still to this day doesn't have a great reputation. Um, 
so we did purposefully did a fairly small um, property, only 24 units, and we owned it for just about four years, right on the nose, and the, the deal returned um, 144 percent to our passives. Um, so we were very proud of that, um, and we worked very hard, you know, to to provide that return over those four years. But uh, we were very very proud of of that return. That is a great result. Um, just on a side note uh, for people out there that might be wondering this, Detroit has had numerous documentaries shot about it and how whole parts of the city were shut down when they shut down the, the plants, the automobile plants. Um, and there was like just whole neighborhoods where it was like, you know, it looked like 80% of the houses were vacant. Uh, did you avoid those parts of town or have those parts, parts of town come back? Um, we absolutely are very selective with our location um, because you can't fix the neighborhood. You can fix the property, but you can't fix the neighborhood. So we're very, very careful about where we buy property. And this particular first transaction um, was right across from a high school, the local high school in Romulus. It is outside of the city of Detroit. So that's mm-hmm. another, personally, we would... Um, shy away from yeah within the city of detroit you got to be really really careful um because you can go a block in one direction and be in a really nice area and a block in the other direction and not so good right so you really have to be careful um so we tend to we weren't really interested in um investing within the city of detroit but in the suburbs um it's it's a it's a lot better um well that makes a lot of sense and answers the question looks like we're going to go to a break now we'll be right back with greg and nicole in the del wamsley radio show we sold one of my wife's properties and actually did a 1031 exchange and we bought three brand new builds in fort worth Um, So right now, collectively, we have three of her inherited properties and then three properties in Fort Worth that we've done through Lifestyles. And you turn one property into three, tripling your cash flow. Exactly. Well done. Learn to increase your cash flow. Register for the workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show with me here today. It's Greg and Nicole Scott on Tell Dell Tuesday, and they're out of Detroit. Uh, they've done many, 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 many deals, and we've been discussing those, and we come back now. They had just uh, purchased a small unit first out of Texas apartment complex, they say, and uh, 24 units. They did it, made a lot of money, 144% return. They went on then, and your next deal was quite a jump. I mean, from 24 to 272, that seems like a strange move. Can you explain that one to me? Yeah, it kind of felt like a strange move at the time. Uh, We were actually looking for something around 100 units. And we really wanted to be kind of in our backyard. And there, unfortunately, was not a lot of inventory coming to the market at that time in Metro Detroit area. So then we started looking a little bit further away and a little bit further away. And eventually, we were looking at pretty much all of Ohio, Indiana, and southern Michigan. 
And we noticed um, a couple things. Uh, there were some cities where there was a lot of inventory coming to market. And the other thing we noticed, um, you know, we're in the Rust Belt area. There's some cities who are having population declines, and those did not underwrite very well, the properties in those cities. And in the properties that, in the cities that were growing, like Columbus, Indianapolis, Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids, uh, the properties underwrote a whole lot better. And so uh, we found a number of good deals that were coming up in Indianapolis. And I would drive down there, meet with a broker, tour the property. We we end up going to Best and Final, uh, you know, very close to purchasing a hundred unit, uh, but we didn't get it. And then a hundred and fifty unit came up, and we got in Best and Final on that one. And then a two hundred unit came up, and we got the Best and Final on that one. And then the broker said, called us and said, "Hey, there's a two hundred seventy two unit came up that I think would be perfect for you." And I said, "Oh my gosh, that sounds super expensive." And he goes, "Well, it's it's a little rough. It's it's got some challenges, so the price isn't so high." And based on the whisper price that he gave us, we thought, "Oh well, let's take a look at it." And uh, to our somewhat surprise, we ended up getting the deal, and it uh, and the numbers made sense, so we were we were happy to get it. Although it did have some interesting challenges later. Well, that's interesting um, that you weren't fearful of making that large of a jump. Was there any reason why you weren't? I mean, obviously you were a little bit. We're all apprehensive, <laughs> but you, you went ahead and made the move. What what gave you the confidence to make that large move? Yeah, I was going to say there was a lot of fear. We were nervous about it, but we, you know, we'd already been running the property for a while. We knew the lifestyles training was really excellent. We had access to mentors that we had talked with on our on our 24 units, so we knew we had access to those folks. We had access to the operational consultants that are part of lifestyles that have many, many years of experience managing properties. So with all of that infrastructure supporting us, we felt comfortable that we could could make this this leap to such a large property. Yeah, our lives had also um, changed over the course of time as well, and we had the flexibility. So one of the things that, um, you know, is really important when you're buying a property that's not close to where you live, you have to be able to be there when you need to be. And sometimes you don't always know when you need to be. So you have to have that ability to drop and run if you need to. And we did have that ability at that time. So that made us feel a little bit more comfortable. We knew that we could support the property the way it needed to be. So now that you've done the big deal and let's see, what was the results on that one? That's that deal has uh, produced about a 65% return of investors capital and capital gain investment looks like it's doubled in value. Is that my reading that right? Yeah, we still own it. Um, we did do a um, supplemental loan on it last summer, so July of 2022, and uh, we're able to return about 55% of our investors paid in capital through that refinance, plus all the cash flow um, since uh, you know we we own the property um, in 2019. So that that's our return thus far, um, but the property appraised for a little bit more than double of the purchase price. So you did well on that one, still own it. And that's somewhere along the line, you get set up as a base unit. I, so I assume that that one plus the passives that you're in somewhere along the line, created a base unit that one or both of you could retire. Yes. I actually left my corporate job shortly after we closed on the 272 unit. My position at Ford was, ridiculously demanding um, and it required a lot of face time 
And um, I unfortunately, I wasn't even able to go to the property for closing. Greg was there, and um, I kept texting him. It, are we closed? Can I quit now? <laughs> you <laughs> got to be kidding now? me. Can, can I quit now? And it happened to be a Friday, and finally at like 4, 10 p.m., he texted me back and said, we're closed. You can quit now. And I said, <laughs> well, I don't want to quit now. Now I'm going to be stuck in my boss's office for an hour. I'm waiting until Monday. <laughs> oh, boy. That's hilarious. So uh, you did that one. That was the turning point for you guys. Uh, I'm assuming at that point, Greg, you were thinking, okay, how do I get out? I mean, it's always like, well, we'll let you get out. I'll keep the insurance. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll keep the, <laughs> the security blanket, base pay. That just, I always hear that. Is that what you guys were saying? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I was ready to be done. Yeah, he, he wanted to be done very, very badly. And, uh, you know, we, we have four kids. And so, you know, we, we got to be careful and measured with our actions. Um, he also had a pension um, with Ford because of the, his higher end date. Um, I didn't have a pension. So that was one of the reasons why I left before him. And uh, he, he was strong and held on for a while so that he could officially retire. And he has now done that. Great. So as we look at that situation, um, what did it take for you to be able to retire, Greg? What was the this turning point for you? Another property, another, the 280 unit you bought next, or was it, you know, when did it break even for you? Yeah, so we in October of 2021, we bought a 280 unit, also in Indianapolis. And that actually was plenty for us to retire. But as Nicole mentioned, I had a pension uh, and and. For whatever reason, when I hit my 55th birthday, the pension was projected to have a nice uptick. And we bought that one in October. My 55th birthday was February of 2022. So it was like, oh, it's only three months. Let's just wait and and get to that. I got my pension popped. Uh, I think it was like 20% my pension popped at that point. And then I was really – I hung on for a little bit longer because I was there was rumors there might be some layoffs, and I was literally hoping I might get laid off and get some sort of package. <laughs> and after about three months of hanging on, just hoping I would get laid off, I was like, I'm just done. And so I walked into my boss's office one day and just said, hey, I want to let you know I'm, I'm going to retire soon. You know, it's funny. A lot of people uh, <laughs> come here had that same story. They're waiting for that that uh, um that package to get up, you know, to retire. Hey, look, we're laying off. Here's a package if you'll take it and leave. And uh, it's almost like whatever it is you're seeking in life, it, it arrives. I've had so many people. I remember John Ridgway. I talked to him for like five years about joining. Got him to join up finally. Got him in through the program. Got him all set up to buy our first property. He was going to property manage it and, and everything. And the day that we closed on the property, his company fired him gave him a package and he laughed all the way to the closing table that day he goes, I just got paid I just got paid a year's worth of income to come to this closing and not go to work today I go boy that's that's life that's perfect all right so um we're, we're at the point now where I want to change over a little bit here and uh, maybe give Nicole the reins for this conversation Nicole you talked about how tech how lifestyles wasn't a national wasn't formed nationally but had decided to click over to being a national company. And uh, I don't remember exactly what year that was. Do you remember, and can you tell us, as a member watching this happen and then later getting involved with us uh, and being, uh, you know, one of the team, what have you seen change? And just kind of walk us through it. Give us a little history of that. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the organization has 
has grown dramatically in the last several years because of, um, you know, the, the expansion nationally. Um, the team has been going out and doing um, live two-day seminars around the country. We also do them um, virtually for those that, that suits their lives better. Um, but the membership has grown across the country um, immensely. And um, we've got local uh, meetups occurring all over the country all the time. And so it's just, it it enables people to have that local touch and feel, even though the corporate, you know, the company is based in Texas, there's so many avenues to be involved at your local level. And I really think that that has um, helped people feel more comfortable, that there are actual people involved in this organization, um, the mentoring and the education the education online has expanded uh, immensely. Nicole has, and I'll let Nicole talk about her role, but uh, I help with lifestyles and I teach the what we call the two-day class or financial freedom program. And we really do that in two flavors. One is a weekend workshop typically will be at a, an office, a lifestyles office, or if it's at a, a far-flung location across the United States, it will be in a hotel. And we spend 16 hours teaching everybody um, enough to get going in single family and the basics of multifamily. Uh, and we also do an online version of that. We call the four part, which is four evenings over the, over a two week period. And I've very much enjoyed doing it. Actually, I think one of the, for me, one of the best things about having to learn the, the uh, information in the two day that's made us better investors because all that information really teaches you everything you need to, to be really successful in real estate investing. Yeah, I agree with you. One thing I learned when I wrote all this stuff and put it together was I had to become an expert to be able to articulate what it was I was doing. Doing it was simple. Well, you know what I mean. It's not simple, but it's it's something that you, you either have a knack for or you don't have a knack for. But when you try to teach it to people that it doesn't come natural to be a business person I'm talking about and go out and start businesses, you've got to be able to break it into its component parts and explain it. And when you do that to become a teacher like you're now doing, uh, those component parts stick in your mind. So as you're going through your own deals, you go, wait a minute, I'm breaking one of my own rules here. Uh, you find that happening now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, for, I've, uh, I was, the, the call came and I was asked to join the team as a multifamily mentor. Um, and I was, uh, blown away by the request. It was completely unexpected. Um, I was very honored and I have been doing that for several years now and really, really enjoyed um, helping members all over the country uh, with their multifamily purchases, operations, and um, you know, selling property once they feel that they've run uh, their business plan to course and they're ready to sell um, their community. It's it's amazing, and it has made me be a better, better business person as well, um, being up on all of the, you know, things that are going on in the current market. It helps me be a better syndicator and operator as well. So, you know, while I'm helping people, um, it's also helping us, and it's just a, a wonderful situation to to be in where you've got this abundance mentality within this organization and everybody helps everybody else. Um, and I, I couldn't say more positive things about it. You know, I'm going to share an idea with you guys that maybe you can throw into your repertoire somewhere. And that is 
when I finally found out how powerful the abundance mentality was, and I realized the fact that if you help enough other people in this world get what they want, you can have anything you want in life. And I found that the more I gave and the more I helped and the more I taught, the better I got and the more deals came my way because of it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, people tell me all the time, Dell, I don't believe the abundance mentality and I don't believe that if you help enough other people, uh, you can have whatever you want. I go, why not? They go, because I helped somebody once and I'm not rich. <laughs> and what I want to get across in this whole little spiel is that you're not helping one person, guys. I mean, you're touching hundreds of people a month, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the properties we have are like small cities in terms of how many people we deal with, plus the mentoring that Nicole's doing and the two-day presenting that I'm doing. And it is really cool when somebody comes back to you in months or even years later and say, hey, that, that time you really helped me out and it, and it made a huge difference in my life. Yeah, that's it's very rewarding to be able to give back and help people because we got that along our path, right? We had people that were pushing us and um, you know, helping us along the way, and it's it's just immensely rewarding to be able to do that for others. Yeah, it is fulfilling. So uh, let's talk, go back to family and finish this thing up. Uh, how old are the kids now? <laughs> so our kids, Greg's got twins that will be 26 in May, and then he's got a younger one that's twenty will be 24 in May, and my daughter's 24. We're a blended family. Okay. And what do they think of all this craziness? Yeah, so a funny story. My daughter um, actually used to refer to Lifestyles Unlimited as the cult. Um, (laughs) Why can I I see that, Nicole? Yeah. Uh, um, When we... When we joined, they were younger, and so they they grew up hearing about the organization, hearing them, you know, us talk business, um, owning the single family rentals, owning the multifamily, running them. So it it really, uh, even though it sometimes looked like they weren't paying attention, they really truly were, and learning quite a bit to our surprise. Um, and our two youngest, the two 24-year-olds, um, have been preferred members for a while now, and invest in multifamily communities as passive investors and they paid for their membership themselves yes yes they did um but yeah so my daughter uh used to refer to lifestyles unlimited as the cult and she'd say oh you're going to go to a cult meeting tonight and we laugh and joke (laughs) and now she's had a few deals that have sold and she's very happy that she joined (laughs) yeah you got to get her a cult t-shirt or something right (laughs) yep that's what you need you need a cult t-shirt there you go lifestyles unlimited cult (laughs) make her wear it that'll get her so that's good i think she would she would be very very proud to wear that now (laughs) well we've got to go here we've got uh less than 30 seconds i want to thank you guys number one for coming on today i want to thank you also for giving back and helping lifestyles accomplish what its goals are in the world the rest of you out there remember this it's not the money It's the Lifestyle. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.